friends, welcome to Better Than Journaling. I'm Adia. And I'm Aisha. We are two mental health professionals journaling out loud, analyzing our own thoughts and feelings. This is not about us giving you mental health advice. We're just having our own existential crises one episode at a time, so you don't have to. So get comfy and fill your teacup with whatever it is you drink, because it's time for an episode of Better Than Journaling. Hey, friend. Good Good afternoon, afternoon, Miss Adia. Hey, friend, how you doing? I am doing very well. Very well. How are you doing? I mean, I don't know if I could say very well. I'm pretty good. It's been a good day. It's been a good weekend. It's been a good week. Maybe that is very well. I'm fine. I'm good. (laughs) Why are you laughing at me? Very well feels like there's got to be a story behind very well. What does very well mean? I'm in a great mood. I'm su- I'm really happy right now. I am tickled. I'm excited about uh, recording today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm enjoying my conversation with you and um, I'm feeling good about the day that I've had so far, you know, and hopeful about how it can, you know, is going to continue to proceed. So yeah, I think I'm doing very well. What you been up to this weekend? Oh, I worked. Uh, at least half the day yesterday. Um, and I've been really consistent. Well, not consistent. I've been, what's the word? Um, increasing the duration and I think like the rigor of my workouts. So that's been really nice. I spent most of last week kind of, I won't say hobbling around, but definitely <laughs> sore and very tight, uh, my lower extremities. So that's always a nice, um, I don't know, invigorator and I've been feeling motivated there. So that's been really nice, I think, just for my mood in general. Uh, So yesterday, worked out, worked a lot, and then also just had some time to relax. And then today I slept in, which is, I shouldn't say I slept in. I didn't, I kind of slept in. I mostly just didn't get out of bed. sleeping in. You know what? These uh, follow-up questions that you have feel a bit <laughs> intrusive. Um, okay, so my body still woke up at the time that it always wakes up, which is like five o'clock, five thirty. And then I was like, "We're not doing that today." So I rolled over and I went back to sleep. And then I don't think I woke up until, well, I, I think that's not sure. I think maybe like I, I, I put, I picked up my phone or whatever, and like looked at something and then dozed off probably within like 20, 30 minutes. And then I woke up and it was like seven o'clock and I was like, good job. Um, and then I allowed myself to lay in the bed for another like hour and a half, two hours, which was like really nice. Um, yeah. So it was just, I relaxed. I slowly made my way into the day. So, and then after that, you know, it's just been great. So happy about it. This feels like a Sunday I should continue into Monday, honestly. Yeah, you're the one that takes like half the Fridays or half the Mondays off every month. Wow. It's usually only, what I will say, it's the first half of the year because they're not holiday heavy. You know, there may be a (laughs) holiday every 
you know, once every 30 days, uh, mostly in most months, except for my birth month. There are no holidays in August, side note. So the holiday is my birthday. Um, but yeah, so like, but all the other months, most of the other months, there's maybe one holiday. And so there will be a freebie day off. So I feel like I need to take an additional day off during those months. But once you get to like the second half of the year, once you get past my birthday, you know, right around the corner is Thanksgiving and Christmas and they give, it feels like you have a ton of time off there. So I don't, I haven't actually taken any Fridays off in, in a while. In a minute. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm due for a Monday. I'm still taking one or two days off a month. I'm really proud of that. You should be. Good I for like you. I like it. I was just telling somebody yesterday that I kind of want to, like, I have all this vacation time and work is not super busy right now. And it won't be till, you know, through the end of the year, except that our office is moving. So that might make me busy. But I'm like, it's not busy. I should take a day off every week because I have all this vacation time. And then I have all these projects that I want to do. So it's not like take a day off to rest, but I have things that I need to do that I don't have time to do that are like workday things. Do you know? Yes. I'm like, maybe I'll take a day off every week. Mondays are really light for me, except for the one where we have all that, those meetings. So maybe I'll take three Mondays off a month or something like that, just until the end of the year and get some projects caught up on. Mm-hmm. I do that. It's a solid plan. I like it. It will bring so much joy. But I do see clients at night on Mondays, but still, it, you know, that's until four o'clock. So maybe I shall do that. Yeah. Yeah, I work today. I saw clients this morning. Um, but the rest of the weekend has been pretty chill. I had lunch with a friend. Uh Thursday I had some folks over at my house that I haven't seen in a while. Uh we used to have this little group of parents with kids with autism. So um, and then one one girl moved away and she was kind of the organizer of everything. We used to get together pretty regularly. And she was always the organizer. And when she moved away, the rest of us either were too lazy or didn't like each other enough to do the work to <laughs> like get together. So she was in town and we got together on Thursday night and had some Chinese food and margaritas because that's what I had the mix for. No, that's because it's what you're really, were they spicy marks? Because yeah. apparently that's your new specialty. Ah, that's, my new, that. that's my new specialty. And it's, like I said, it's what I have the ingredients for. I don't know what goes with Chinese food in terms of alcohol, but I didn't have any of it, so. <laughs> I also don't know what goes with Chinese food. Maybe some kind of whiskey. I have no idea, but it sounds like margaritas did. And margaritas, nobody complained about margaritas. Yeah, nobody complains about margaritas. Are you kidding me? Yeah, margaritas make basically everybody happy. Yeah. You have enough of them. <laughs> and it's October the month where uh, like, I don't know, 40% of my family has a birthday in October, not my immediate family, just my son. But my brother has five kids. Four of them have birthdays in October. My brother's birthday is in October. One of my cousin's birthday is today. Like so many people in our family have October birthdays. So I have to like stay on top of, we don't do presents and stuff like that, except for the kids. So I don't have to stay on top of presents. Um, but I have to remember every day to check to see whose birthday it is so that I can send a text or whatever. Luckily, luckily in the family group chat, usually the parent of the person whose birthday it is will say, everybody join me in wishing a happy birthday to my oldest or whatever. And I'm like, thank Mm -hmm. you for saving me. Right, exactly. 
That is like, your job. Uh-huh. Literally the good thing about it is there's, there's like no expectations, right? There, my family's just like, hey, just wish that person a happy birthday. You know, I have some other people whose families are a little bit different about that. Like we never talk to each other, but we'll get a family group chat from, you know, somebody who shall remain nameless who might live in my house and might have a different family of origin than me, where it'll be like, hey, it's such and such's birthday. Uh, her cash app is this. And I'm like, excuse me? And uh, the people who like other, like I said, the other side of the family who we don't necessarily talk to all the time. However, if there's gonna be a baby shower, we're going to get an invite to that baby shower in Florida. For the, for the family member we haven't seen in three to five years and don't talk to at any other time, but when there's an invitation to a baby shower because you're supposed to send a present. Um, and you know, that is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine and it happens very often, <laughs> very often, that I will get looped into something when there's a need by people who don't talk to me at any other time. So again, the cousin who's having a baby shower in Florida that we're obviously not going to and haven't talked to since the last time she invited us to a baby shower. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's a pet peeve of mine, which brings me to what's been on my mind. What's been on your mind? Shit that gets on my fucking nerves. <laughs> also known as pet peeve. Also known as pet peeves. I am super excited for this topic. I must admit, friend, I'm ready. Uh, I'm, I'm ready for it to be like rapid fire lightning round. I'm ready to <laughs> dig into these pet peeves. I am really hoping that people are going to share their pet peeves or co-sign ours or argue with us about them because that would be amazing. Oh my um, goodness. Could you imagine somebody trying to argue with me about my pet peeves? Like yes. that would be I the can. most fun conversation. That I've would be super fun. That sounds, I know, thrilling, exhilarating, you know, hilarious. So, so pet peeve number one, people mm -hmm. reaching out to me or inviting me to things that they know I'm not going to just because they want a present. Just because they want a present or they want some of your resources mm -hmm. and they my idea, my thought on that is that the, there's a presumption that you have it. And so I should oh, have it. Um, you, I'm entitled to what it is that you have. Yeah, that's, um, that is, that is audacious. That's, that's the word that I've been uh, trying to wear out recently, but like that is audacious and, and absolutely people have, some people have, zero uh hold hold back when it comes to that they have zero shame they're like absolutely i'm sending this out um sending it to everybody oh make sure you send it to throw, her throw a wide net yeah exactly that that's no wild shame. none whatsoever none whatsoever i have all the shame i'm not asking anybody for anything for at all ever <laughs> The same I'm thing. Not that. I'm definitely not going to be asking you when we don't have a relationship either. We don't have a relationship. Yeah. The, the other thing that is more understandable, but still somewhat annoying is the staff that used to work with you that no longer work with you, but also don't keep in touch with you yeah. uh, that are, that are calling for references and letters of recommendation and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And it's like, 
it makes sense. Who are you, who else are you supposed to call for letters of recommendation, you know, except your former employer? Absolutely, that's who you should call. But when you start looking for a job, like maybe six months before you think you're gonna be looking for a job, maybe start reaching out. Maybe we should have coffee or something like that. Maybe, maybe we should act like we're friends or like we have a relationship before you make a request of me. That's gonna take a lot of my time. Although letters of recommendation recommendation don't take a lot of my time because I have a template, but still. Smart, I'm gonna need you to share that with me. Um, I Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I And it's just, um, it's interesting that you would entrust someone who you clearly don't have a relationship with to write you a letter of recommendation. That part. That's the part, like, do you want it to be good? Do you, you want the recommendation, right? You're hoping this is going to work out for you. So just the pattern of thought, the line of thinking that goes into people making these requests of, of you um, that are, yeah, presumptuous and audacious, that just, it just, the math ain't math. And it's, it's laughable. It would be laughable if it were not annoying AF, right? It's so annoying. It's so frustrating. It's so infuriating. I'm going to share with you um a couple of uh, a couple of my uh my pet peeves i have it is a a, a tree that bears many a fruit <laughs> <laughs> they are plenty i have a bounty there's a preponderance of peeves that i'm um, i am petting over here okay um i have a pet peeve around when I'm, t I'm having a conversation with someone. It might be somebody that I know or somebody that I don't really know. Um, but maybe it's an area of like relative expertise for me or I have a, 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 a fair amount of confidence in something. And someone starts arguing with me about whether or not this thing is a thing. <clears throat> and they clearly have no expertise mm -hmm. in it. It's like they are Facebook mafia. You know, like that is where they get their news and their updates or some other social needs. And however, they have decided that this is the one that they're gonna argue me down on. For instance, I had a former friend who was um, into logistics and we started talking about white privilege. This was probably, this is probably like 2018 or something. So this is before the pandemic and all that other stuff. But there were a lot of videos coming out of like police brutality, you know, from like cell phone footage, cell phone footage. And we were talking about it. And uh, this person used to be in the military and I think used to be a cop. And so they had their own like feelings around it. And, and there was an African-American, you know, woman and was telling me that white privilege like wasn't a thing. And I like, well, you know, I was stunned. I was almost dumbfounded, except for that I, you know, I had time. And so I was like, let's talk more about this. And so at some point, I think that was actually the end of our friendship. We just did not speak again after that conversation. It did not go well. But that's my pet peeve is like, you're arguing with me about something that you clearly don't know anything about. And I, and I obviously know a lot about it. And you're still going to argue with me about whether or not it's like a thing that exists or that it is this thing. It's like, you could just not, you could just shut up. You could just shut up, you know? Yeah. You could just shut up. That's frustrating for me. I have another one that's a, uh, it's kind of silly, but I think it's a widely held uh, pet peeve for most people. So I would love to hear others thoughts and your own opinion about it. Mm -hmm. The reply all, 
Oh God. Oh, when, there's my gosh. More than like, when there's more than like six people on an email thread. If there's six oh, no. people on an email thread, all six of you can participate in the conversation or are expected to participate in the conversation, right? Like I, I am intending to talk to you six people in this conversation. When there are 17, 35, 55 people on an email, mm-hmm. this is a reporting out. This is not a shouting match and a reply this is not all a conversation. is a shouting match. Why don't people know what blind CC means? And who child so some i'm generally just upset with the person who didn't start the conversation with blind cc because you did this to all of us you know so you did this to all of us for no reason for no good reason yeah we get that like the whole company the whole company will get an email you know just wanted to let you know that such and such is leaving guess what there's 350 of us. I don't actually know such and such. So this is not know. even important information to me. It's not. What's less important is everybody oh else telling them congratulations. Yes. Yes. For the next however many hours or days because days. people don't check days. their emails that people regularly. People don't check their emails very regularly. Yes. Days, days yes. will be emails. Oh, super irritating. my gosh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And your email is just unnecessarily blinging and pinging and full for no reason whatsoever. I mean, it is satisfying to be able to just delete all of those messages. Don't get me wrong, but I, what? (laughs) I could just not, I could just not have to deal with that. Yeah. The replying all, and I'm going to just piggyback on that one and say group chats. I I love you a good group chat. Wait, you're about to fit me, I'm sure. there are a couple of group chats that I like I love and that are thriving and there's only like three or four of us in the group chat or five of us and it's active you know we're all participating we like each other we intend we all went in on this group chat it was a decision because we were already having making eyes at each other at the same meeting or room regularly and we were like I need to we need to talk about this you know and so there's it's it's, it's more like a committee meeting you know like that's what this group chat is that's exactly what it is the group chats that you unsolicited got put into uh-huh. and like planning is happening for an event that you would probably just like to be uninvited from by the time this group chat is like in full swing that's the kind of stuff that I don't like like a friend is coordinating something and instead of just like having a conversation with you offline or whoever offline it was a convenient way for them to just have a brief conversation I hate I hate a group chat. I hate that so much. I want to immediately disinvite myself, like with with no well, you shame. Can leave it. You can like click leave the group chat. Right, exactly. Yeah. No, I do. But I say what I need to say and then I'm like generally like I need to leave. Wow. I need to go. Yeah, like don't don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, there's always oh, the big like group it. chat and then the subgroup chat. And yeah. if you're not the subgroup chat, you're like I wonder who is in the subgroup chat. There always is one. There's always a, at least one subgroup chat. And you can just assume that you're not in at least one of the subgroup chats. And that's okay. I know. And I don't necessarily want to be in them. And at the same time, why are you leaving me out? <laughs> okay, here's, a, here's another one of mine. <laughs> because we're talking about texting. I'm going to go to phones. People talking on the phone in waiting rooms or any place that is otherwise quiet, like in an elevator, in a waiting room, 
at the doctor's office, at the DMV, like all of these places where like we're all already irritated that we have to be there. And now I have to be there and listen to your conference. Like, can't you fucking text? Why are you having a conversation? Even in the grocery store, you're walking up and down the aisle, having this like private conversation as loud as you want to be bumping into people because you can't pay attention to two things at once. Can't stand it. Cannot stand it. And related to that, because I'm thinking about waiting rooms, I hate when you're in a place where people's information is private, like let's say the DMV or a doctor's office or like the IRS. Does the IRS have offices? I don't know. No, some place like where your, people are talking. your tax preparer or something. Yeah, exactly. Some place where people are talking about private information and they're talking to you loud where everybody yeah. in the room can hear. Yeah. I remember being at the gynecologist's office one day and this was you know, I'm a healthcare provider, so I'm paying attention to things like HIPAA, but also I, I work a lot with foster youth. And I remember this woman being in there with a 16 year old who it became clear was in the foster care system. And so, you know, they have to take their kids to the, to the doctor within a month of them being placed. And she was having this conversation with the nurse about this kid's sexual health and the need for birth control. And her mama was the same, like all this stuff that she was saying, we're in a gynecologist's office. And I didn't want, like this woman, her being willing to violate this child's privacy was disappointing, but not surprising. I wanted to snatch that fucking nurse by her neck because I could not understand why she thought it was okay to have this conversation in this waiting room in front of all the women that were sitting there waiting. I hate it. Whether it's my private information or somebody else's, I get uncomfortable because I'm like, I'm not supposed to know this. And I'm also low-key interested, but I'm not supposed to know. <laughs> not be talking about it in front of me. I fucking hate that. Yes. Stop tempting me. I cannot not indulge. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring those cookies over here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or, or at the bank, somebody, you like, you said standing in line at the bank um, and, and the teller is telling the person in front of you, like, oh, well, your account balance isn't high enough for that or it looks like you're negative. I just want to walk out the bank right at that moment because now I am threadfully uncomfortable because I know this information about you and I just can't contact with you. Yeah. I'm mortified because of your situation. And now I'm worried, like, like let me just quick check my, my balance on my phone. <laughs> am I next? Before I go up to the teller, just let me make sure. This is clearly the guillotine line that I've stood in and I just can't, can't, I can't, cannot, you know, I'm going to say that I am absolutely potentially not, I don't know, my inside voice ain't what it used to be, but I am an offender of having a, a telephone call in public. I'm not going to be bumping in. Now we can be friends anymore. True. I'm not going to be bumping into people and unaware of my surroundings, but like that's what telephones are for, are to be talking on. And so, no, I'm not going to sit there, have a full on conversation with you via text. It's not going to happen. If my mom or my sister calls me while I'm in public, I'm going to talk to them. That's it. That's all. Not in a doctor's office, probably. But like if I'm walking around or if I go into the grocery store or whatever, yeah. I don't really give a fuck. Like, you don't have to pay attention to me. I can't like, like you anymore. I'm going to be gone soon. You're going to be gone soon. Like, it's whatever. Like, chill the fuck out. Yeah, I'm having a great time. I'm probably spending lots, spreading lots of cheer, cheer and joy anyway, because I'm laughing hysterically and making jokes and all that good stuff. So I'm making the world a better place. I don't care what you say. 
I don't know. I just can't. I can't with you. And can, do you at least have the decency to not talk about anything super private? <laughs> You're like, uh, no. Then actually. Like, trying to think about whether or not I have like super private conversations with like my mom or my sister. I don't know what you mean by like, what would that be super private about? Like discharging my panties? Like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Yes, I would prefer that you not discuss that at the grocery store. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, we probably haven't talked about that, but we might like, yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows, Miss Aisha? Who oh my knows? gosh, that's so annoying. <laughs> that's okay. I'm not perfect. Well, well I'm going to have to do one of your pet peeves so that we can be even. I'm sure that there are at least a couple. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? Um let's see oh my gosh a pet peeve of mine is when people well I don't love it at their house but I really it's a pet peeve for me at my home you come into my home home and you use my restroom and you leave my toilet lid up that's Mm -hmm. a problem for me you found it down put it back down you barbarian I don't know (laughs) or care about what is happening in your home or like you come in my house and you have your shoes on and like like you came in just real quick and you wanted to use the bathroom whatever you didn't take your shoes off people stepping on my bath mats with their shoes on that is like so (laughs) i want to vomit that's so disgusting like i clearly come out of the shower clean and fresh and step onto that best bath mat with my clean body and now i've been defiled by whatever you've traipsed onto that rug that is just disgusting and it's a pet peeve it's beyond pet peeve i am disgusted by it i'm simultaneously maybe equally disgusted by people talking with their mouth full I feel like that's something you learned at a very young age not to do. Why the fuck are you doing? You could just swallow and then I wouldn't be at risk of whatever you're digesting flying into my face, potentially in my mouth, because my I am slack jawed <laughs> by the fact that you are talking to me with your mouth full. You are just this I have just so much disgust for those behaviors. My the toilet lid lit up walking around on my bath mats with your shoes on and talking to me with your mouth full just mm, no I cannot oh well so this whole thing about walking on people's bath mats with your shoes on I I have to say so everybody in your house has to take their shoes off yes ma'am that means that lots of like like not only your clean feet are on those bath mats Everybody else's dirty feet are on those bath mats. Who's dirty feet? Whoever is in your house. It's not, their feet are probably not as dirty as their shoes. That's what I'm going to wager. I mean, hopefully not, but, but their shoes have like dirt on them and their feet have like bacteria on them. Their shoes probably have bacteria on them too. Um, well, maybe. I don't know. No, definitely. You know how I know? Because my dog pisses and shits on the floor outside. <laughs> That's how I know. I watch the bitch do it at least twice a day, every day. Okay? <laughs> bitch loves a sidewalk. Okay? I'd be like, oh, no. Or I'd be like, there was gra- there's rock. Come on. You know, we have a conversation. She Come doesn't on. give any fucks about what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So, no. Mm-mm. I will not be deterred. Mm-mm. No. 
you're taking your shoes off. The shoes will not be traipsing around my house. I have no idea what you stepped in, but I have a great imagination and none of that is going to be all over my floors. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't know how I feel about being barefoot in other people's bathrooms. I don't know. I don't know. I have to give, I have to give that some thought. That's fair. That is totally fair. Maybe I should start offering house shoes or something at the door. Or, yeah. Yeah. I don't Hey, you don't have to come over. I mean, you're welcome. <laughs> I sweep and swept floor and mop very regularly because I like a clean floor because I like to wear a rock on barefoot and I can't stand feeling rocks and pebbles and other things underneath my foot. Like, that's not going to be okay. So my floor is pretty darn clean. Um, Luna has to get her feet cleaned regularly. You know, it's just a thing. It's a vibe. Clean your feet when she comes in the house. Clean floors. You know, we do our thing. Yeah, uh huh, uh huh. We keep it tidy. Um, but yeah, no, don't don't be gross, people. Don't be, don't be gross. Yeah. How about you? Give me when people something. don't finish things, by people I mean my husband <laughs> and sometimes my daughter, but people in general, like. People who, who get like almost done and like have this like, well, that's good enough. Like my husband will wash all the dishes, but leave the utensils in the sink. Yeah, yeah. My daughter will clean her room, but not make the bed. Like for me, something doesn't look, if, if everything isn't clean, then it, nothing looks clean, right? Like I can't look at a, at a kitchen with like a blender, and a takeout box from yesterday on the counter and be like, oh, the kitchen's clean, except for these. Those things make the kitchen not clean. So there is no, it's clean except for this. I cannot stand, cannot stand people that get almost there and then abandon the mission. <laughs> and he doesn't feel like he's abandoned the mission. In his mind, it's done because it's good enough. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, it's not good enough until it's good. Because so that, he was he was good with it when it was a mess. So now this is a drastic improvement. And he's like, yes. Yes, he, he is about progress, not perfection. And when it comes to cleanliness, perfection feels pretty uh, necessary to me. My daughters, my, my husband and daughter are very similar in that way. And my son and I are very similar in that way. My son will finish a project, uh, even if it's not necessary to finish the project. Like once you start it, you got to get it done. Me, I'm like, oh, let me clean out the sink. Like after I brush my teeth, for example. Um, what's the point of having a clean sink if, if the counter's done, if the counter's dirty? So now I'm cleaning the sink. Now I'm doing the whole counter. Once I did the counter, you know, I don't brush something onto the floor. Might as well mop the floor. Like that's how I operate. <laughs> nope. I tell my husband like, you know, can you clean out the living room? And he takes mm -hmm. things from the living room that don't belong in the living room and like put them on the bed. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That's a rough one for sure. Like, you have tidied one area, but you have created a catastrophe in another area. Have you actually helped the situation? Have you actually, mm. have you actually helped? Mm -mm -mm. That bugs. Um, this is not a pet peeve of mine, but. I'm wondering how you feel about it. Like I, I am asked my Instagram friends the other day if I was the only person who enjoyed folding laundry and it was a 100% resounding yes. 
I am the only person who enjoys folding laundry. Everyone else was like, you're a psychopath. <laughs> like it was a, there were very strong feelings of like and loathing for, for folding laundry. And I'm like, it's literally the only chore that you can do while you're like sitting down watching TV and sipping wine. Like, I don't understand like what the problem is. Mindless, it's mindless. Just sit there and get your hands going and just, you know, get in the zone. But anyways, um, that seemed like a thing that irks most people's nerves that I just, I can't relate with, or they have a really hard time. They just avoid it. They'll do all the washing and then the laundry will sit in piles places for who knows how long. Having laundry sit in piles is a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. That is a pet peeve of mine. Do I enjoy folding laundry? I know for sure I don't like hanging things. I don't like hanging things. I like folding laundry when it's freshly out of the machine and it smells really good and it's still warm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. like if I did the same thing in the laundry room where I'm like standing there, it doesn't feel like as homey as sitting there folding towels and your kids' little t-shirts and stuff like that sitting on the bed. So I don't mind it. I don't love it, but I don't mind it, but only under the condition that it's still warm, fresh out. And if somebody else would do will hang the things that need to hang, then I would definitely prefer that. Yeah. And I guess I should have said. Well, no, there's a certain level of satisfaction I get out of folding the laundry and then like putting it away. It seems like it happens pretty quickly. It doesn't take a long time. And then it just feels like I've done a tremendous chore. Like there, like I made moves, you know, the laundry is done. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's a simple, it feels like a very easy way to feel very like accomplished and proud of myself. Like, yeah, that was done. Mm-hmm. Give me another one. Give me another pet peeve. People asking other people, and I don't know if this is a pet peeve or a trauma response or both. So uh, when I was trying to get pregnant with my oldest, it took a really long time and we had to go through multiple interventions and all that kind of stuff. And during that time, you know, the first four years of my marriage, people constantly ask me, when are you guys going to have a baby? And that meant I had to have conversations with people or break down crying about why we don't have a baby yet. Um, and the other thing, you know, people asking people, when are you getting married? When are you having a baby? Th those types of things. Um, but you would think that once I had two babies or, you know, once I got married, when people were asking, when are you getting married? When I was dating my husband, that it would go away. It was so traumatic for me, so harmful for me to be in that situation all the time that now when people ask other people in my vicinity, when are you having a baby or when are you getting married or those kinds of questions, I get like, almost like I'm having flashbacks. I'm like upset in the moment for that person. I feel sad. I feel anxious and angry. And the other person may not even be feeling that, but I'm also having like flashbacks to my own experience of being asked those questions. I hate it. I hate when people ask questions hate it mm -hmm. yeah it um there are just so many presumptions there and um it definitely feels like there's a removal of choice there there's uh I think you know another thing is like there's like this uh prescribing of identity right you have mm -hmm. you made a lot of wild assumptions about someone's identity a large assumption yeah assumptions and prescriptions are made and now this person has to undo that 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in some way. I, I um, I don't have to, I should, you know, but that would be like my feelings. Like I need to undo whatever that is. And it's going to be an awkward conversation because you have stepped in it and rolled in it and flung it on the walls, you know, like it's just, and it's just un- unnecessary. Like there's so many other ways to be having conversations that are either deepening the intimacy in a relationship that don't include you making like wild assumptions about me or my life or who I am. And like 90% of the ways that I could respond to that question, I just made up that percentage, but 90% of the ways that I could respond to that question will make you end up looking like a victim. Yeah. And me end up looking overly sensitive. Mm-hmm. You know? Am I like, the asshole? Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good just, one. Just intrusiveness and nosiness in general, in terms of people asking people what feels like very personal questions. Certainly, when are you getting married or when are you having a baby? It's a is a personal question. And I literally ask personal questions for a living. So I so I get the irony here. But people asking questions that assume a level of intimacy that does not exist for us. Yeah. Annoys the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, other questions that people ask that grind my gears are like, what's wrong with you? You look at, are you upset? Are you mad? Yeah. Are you tired? Oh my God. Do you have a death wish? Like, do you want to be <laughs> murdered? Like, what is, are you, are you, did you hit your head this morning? You know, I, what in the world did that say? Did you mean to say that? <laughs> Was that what you intended? Um, or were you, were you trying tired. to piss me off? Like, oh my gosh. Like you sound ridiculous. Like that is, is, is that an equal? That sounds like an equal statement. You know, like, I yeah. don't, why would you, why would you say that? Are, oh, were you trying to hurt my feelings? Mm-hmm. We're trying to embarrass me. Oh, you were, you were intending to create conflict. Like that's probably the response that I would give that person. And definitely makes me look like the asshole for sure. But I don't know why people say that. I don't know why people say those things. I don't think the intention is to typically, I mean, if it's really a curious question, I don't think the intention is typically passive aggressiveness, but sometimes the intention is actually passive aggressiveness mm. and anything passive aggressive. Yeah. Anything indirect. Like I will take oh. aggressive aggressive any, any day. day. Any day. Over passive aggressive. I can't. Yeah. It, that's another one where most of my responses are going to make you look like a victim. There you go. You're right. A hundred percent. That is a really good one. I don't know how that did not make it onto my list, but a hundred percent people who engage in passive aggressive forms of communication um, brings a special little devil out of me. Like I am filled with fury. Um, and I, I <laughs> it's hard for me to handle. It's hard for me to deal with and just let it go or move past it. It's just, but I have to just, I just usually just shut down when I feel like somebody's being passive aggressive because I do want to be aggressive aggressive when someone is passive aggressive. Right, right. Yeah. Or anything that just feels indirect. Like if you're going to criticize me, criticize me. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't, don't like pretend to be saying something else when the underlying is a criticism. And this isn't about passive aggressive, but it just reminded me of another one. When people ask questions, when they really just want to make a statement. Yes. I just like, yes. you know, like, I wonder if we should stop at that restaurant. If you want to stop at that restaurant, just fucking say, 
let's stop there. Or would you be willing to stop there? Don't tell me you wonder. Don't ask a question when you really just want to make a statement. Yeah. Or make like the, I wonder if we should stop there or, um, or like, do you want to go there? Mm -hmm. Do you want to go there? Because that seems like a more relevant question, right? Like, if I say no, will you still want to go? You know, like, I don't, what? I don't, I don't just, just be, just own it. Just be who you are. Yeah. Well, don't be who you are. Be less of who you are and be more, <laughs> be more like me. <laughs> be more like me. Be more of who I want you to be. Are you hungry? No, but it sounds like you are. Yeah. It's supposed to believe that if I were hungry and you had anything to do with me getting food, you would know about it. You would know about it. I, trust that I know how to communicate what it is that I need. Okay. When I have a need, you are going to hear about it if you have anything to do with meeting it. You are the one who is struggling with communicating your needs. So let's work on that, right? Yeah. I am um, pet peeve for me is when I'm in the middle of explaining something, uh, teaching something, telling a story of something that I live, um, and someone interrupts me to ask mm. me a question that was getting ready to be answered, if they could just shut the fuck up and listen for a few more seconds. That drives me so wild. Um, why what shut up and listen aren't that's what we're doing right now right now i'm speaking and you're listening this is not the q a portion like just stay tuned okay whatever's happening in your brain try to slow it down more to come okay yeah that um that uh that gets me usually i'm usually just kind of like stunned you know uh i guess i'm done talking now you tell the story you just you tell me you tell me what you think happened how about that this happens in couples counseling all the time. I'll ask a question and then one member of the couple will tell the other member of the couple, you tell her, and then they'll start talking and the other person will interrupt with the with the story that they wanted to tell in the first place. And I'm like, if you wanted to tell the story, you should have just told the story. You should just tell the story. You should just but tell, don't you should tell just your tell partner to tell me and then- Take the mic away. <laughs> take the mic away and interrupt every five seconds. Yeah, generally I just looked at the person who got interrupted and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> this is your life huh <laughs> blink yeah. twice if you need to be rescued you know <laughs> also also i have yeah i these are pet peeves for a reason i definitely like something just boils up inside of me when i'm at a training or in a meeting and other people near me or maybe not even near me just other people in the room are having a full-on conversation while this other person is clearly who we should be giving our attention to and like kind of it's the same thing right i just like i have respect for whoever has the floor even if i don't necessarily respect the person or care about what they're talking about like i have a certain level of respect for someone holding the floor i just want somebody to have some more discretion get up and walk outside and have the conversation or turn it to text you know what i mean but like the the whisper that is above a whisper that just goes on and on for like a minute. A minute is a really long time when you are talking over somebody else who's talking. I did just, it makes me nervous. I'm waiting for like a chancla to come flying or somebody to get called <laughs> out or like a whooping to happen publicly. Like I, 
that's probably really what it is. I'm nervous something bad is going to happen. Um, and I'm tense and now I'm mad at you because I feel tense, you know? So that bothers me though. I don't like people being disrespectful to other people. And that feels, that feels super dismissive. And again, we've all been in places where we're not very interested in hearing what the person who's in the front has to say, but we've consented to listen when we sat there. Right. Mm. And this like passive defiance where I'm going to pretend I'm consenting, but I'm also going to be really disrespectful in the moment. I hate stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing I hate, when people use words out of context. Oh my gosh. In writing or in talking. And I'm not talking about like vernacular. I understand that there are like cultural differences in the way that people use words and the way that people talk. But there's no excuse for like getting there, there, and there wrong. I am like, not okay. gagging. I'm gagging. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my God, I'm gagging. Yes. There, there, and there. Two, two, and two. Yes. Oh R and R. Oh. 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 Yes. Or just words that even sound similar but are very different. They're very different. You just are throwing them in there. This is, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say, I'm not going to say it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, now I need to know. The people need to know. Yeah. I really do sound like an asshole. Is what I'm (laughs) saying. I just don't, I don't always have to go that hard. Okay, maybe you just text it to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm texting to you. Just text it to me and then I'll know. And nobody has to judge you for it. Thank you. I could just take one person's death. Exactly. There you go. (laughs) One person's private judgment. In those situations, like like what is your response? Are you the corrector or are you just kind of silent judging? Uh I mean, usually silent judging, because I also feel like so I don't like when people use words incorrectly, but I also don't like when people like intellectualize and try to put people down for using words incorrectly so while I don't want to hear it I also don't want to hear that other person being like actually it's blah 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 right exactly yeah it's not <laughs> it's not kind you know that's why sometimes not. We, just, we just we're just quiet because we don't want to be unkind it's absolutely and we shouldn't be unkind and and if you understand the point if you understand what the person was saying, then you then this is not necessarily the time to correct their grammar. Oh, are you? Yeah, I guess you're maybe referring to like impulse control and like <laughs> tasks and things like that. Uh, class. Uh, look at mm, learning things today. Like that's wild. It's a concept. That is a concept. I will say. Yeah, people. Again, I want to be clear. I'm not talking about vernacular. I understand that there are cultural differences to how we use language, but I'm talking about people who are speaking regular old Queen's English. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't, you don't know, oh, you're, so the, like, they're there, they're there and they're R and R, two, two, and two. You don't know that unless they're texting it or writing it, right? But like, where yeah and the other 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 situations are they are using a word like that sounds like something or they've heard the word before and they like it but they're using it in the wrong context and it's fine to be using the word but that's not what that word means type of a thing yeah 
I used to get kind of hung up and I should say, I shouldn't say used to, because used to was maybe just a couple days ago. So I still, <laughs> I still get caught up on, and I'm, I'm saying I used to, because I want this to be something that I grow out of. And so I'm working on it actively, but I would previously, I'm, I'm speaking into an existence. I previously would get really, I, I would pet peeve on people like, yeah, mispronouncing things. So saying like, instead of saying like, oh, I'm owning my privilege, people saying, oh, I own my privileges. And I'm like, that's, no, that's not a, that's not, no, 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 no. But like you were just speaking to, language is something that is always evolving. Language does not, like you said, the Queen's English, that is not American English, right? American English is an evolution of the Queen's English. Um, it will continue to evolve. New generations will continue to change the vernacular, have slang that gets adopted into the common language and how we believe we should use the word. So I have to also let go of that idea that, you know, language has ever been static. It's never been static. That's why they're, you know, Latin is a dead language, right? So yes, I have to not get stuck on it. But still, when somebody says something that I'm, I have not yet adopted as a new word in my vocabulary I, I get a little twitchy I'm like that mm, mm, mm -hmm. that's not a word um and generally speaking I don't have to correct them but if I talk to them a lot and they start using that word like like a new pair of Nikes it's rough it's rough for me so yeah I definitely think you can give feedback to someone who is who you have a relationship with who is consistently misusing a word but like throwing an argument off off rails by correcting grammar instead yeah. of sticking to the point like that yeah. kind of stuff. That yeah, yeah, that's unnecessary. That's just hateful and punishing. That's just hateful, and it, and it also just shows that you don't have a reasonable argument in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, I am an audio learner, so because I'm an audio learner, uh, people's voices. There, there are certain things that people's voices can do that make it hard for me to listen or learn from them. And one of those things is, I just recently learned, like maybe six months ago, that there's a term for this. Uh, before that, I would have called it like Kardashian voice. You know how at the end of their yeah, sentence- Yeah, I know exactly what you're doing right Yeah, so it's apparently it's called vocal fry. Yeah. At the end of sentences, it's like that little scratchy thing that happens that and, it, and it, it's kind of whiny at the end. And it just makes me like, whatever you said, no matter how intelligent it was, if you end a sentence like that, all of a sudden, I just can't with you anymore. Yes. <laughs> but I didn't know it was, I didn't know there was a word for it, but it's yeah. totally a thing. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't, I learned the term probably definitely within the last year or so on a podcast. And I was like, Damn, there's like there's a way to name or explain everything which I appreciate but yeah and I, I think that was probably in the same episode that I was learning about you know just like the evolution of language and um they were speaking about how that is something that has evolved like within the last I don't know like two decades basically it's definitely a, a newer generation thing that is very indicative of women in their early like late 30s mid 30s or whatever and younger so that's a yeah vocal fry um I think one of the last ones that I wrote down and I'm actually surprised now I'm recognizing um that I haven't said anything about driving so I'm gonna I'm gonna mm -hmm. go ahead and hit you with a couple of my uh because I just remembered another one uh my driving pet peeves so I have to set the story to set the stage for you I have 
a specific pet peeve around um, being on being on the main thoroughfare and another car having come to an intersection um, and I don't, and I have the right of way. I don't have a stop sign. I don't have a light. I'm just on the main road and they are at a light or a stop sign and they, or they approach the stop sign or the light and I see them, they see me, they wait. And maybe I'm at a distance when they first get there and they wait until I'm at a much lesser distance to then pull out in front of me. And now it's unsafe. If they had pulled out moments, just a couple, like a moment after they had come to a stop and saw that I was a distance and gone, fair game. I get it. There's plenty of distance. I have plenty of stopping distance. It's when you waited for me to get so much closer to then go, I am screaming. I'm screaming in the car. I'm probably leaning on my horn. I may engage in some type of unsafe behavior. Maybe not, you know, I'm evolving. However, that is a pet peeve of mine that will not soon die. It's been a pet peeve of mine for a long time, actually. You know, that one is all all the things that people do that put my life at risk. All of like, we could just, whatever, everything that falls onto that list, I'm going to go ahead and say that that's a pet peeve, (laughs) but I also don't enjoy putting my own life at risk. So I'd never lay on my horn and I never cuss at people. And I never, I mean, who are driving 2000 pound killing machines. Um, and I never like give the finger to anybody. I'm just, I grew up in LA, like that should, <laughs> you can't do stuff like that. So I will cuss you out in my head. I'll cuss you out in my car where only I can hear me, but um, no, nope, not, not yelling at nobody in public in traffic, not doing that. Not doing that. Yeah. I, you know, I don't do it frequently, but guilty for sure guilty i um this is not a pet peeve for me anymore i think it's entertaining to me now when trying to get on the freeway you're trying to merge onto the freeway and some car is in the merging lane because that's what that first lane is it's where people merge onto and off of the freeway and they don't want to let you over and i think to myself always you have so many other options for lanes if you don't want people to get over in front of you really frequently. Like this is this should have been your last option. You should expect that lots of people are gonna wanna get over in front of you at some point if you insist on being in this lane. Um, so I regularly just- My theory is that people that drive regularly in that lane just don't feel comfortable merging. Like they're in that lane because they don't feel comfortable getting into the lane next to them. So. They, they choose to drive in a lane that requires the least merges for them where they have to move the least, but they also don't feel comfortable with people coming in and out in front of them either. You know, my theory about that is you shouldn't be on the fucking freeway. <laughs> if you don't feel comfortable on the fucking freeway, don't be on the fucking freeway. Okay? That's fair. That's fair. Fucking ridiculous. Just <laughs> wild. I have another one. How about this? Looky-loos. Oh, I because I, that's why I was, I was surprised. I didn't have any more... Yeah, um, looky loose. I was leaving the Costco and there are other stores there, but Costco was notable parking lot the other evening. And there, as I was approaching the light to just leave the parking lot, not even get on the main street yet, an ambulance was 
in the intersection and, and was re reversing through the intersection to just get to the curb right before because I'm assuming that's where the person in need was. And so as we were, the light finally turned green for us to turn, we actually sat there at a red light for a while, which just was atypical. Um, so finally, when the light turns green, the person in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm behind the lead car. The lead car refused to go because they were looky looing. And then when they finally did start to go, they stopped on their stepped on their brakes and stopped in the intersection to continue to looky loo what was happening and then proceeded to continue to do that all the way up the road. And I just I was losing my you know I was losing my mind. Uh, yeah. like I tried to go around them and then they hurriedly and sped up so that I couldn't go around them. I was like, okay, so I, I have to stand, see behind you while you are not driving. Like you're in a car, you're supposed to be <laughs> driving. You could pull over and go walk over there if you really need to know what's going on. Yeah. I, that annoys me not only for drivers, but for walkers, like people who are walking and just suddenly stop as if there's not like a bunch of people behind them. That annoys me. But there's two reasons why I will never be a looky-loo. One is, because I really respect people's privacy and I feel uncomfortable knowing things about people that I'm not supposed to know. So if you are having a private massive car accident and I'm not actually helping you, I feel like it's none of my business to know what's going on there. The other thing is I take photographs with my brain and I can't unsee things that I've seen. So whenever I see emergency vehicles, I am worried that I'm going to see something that is going to stick in my head forever and ever and ever. And so I'm like, nope, I am so hard looking the other way. I'm probably going to cause an accident for trying really hard not to look at the accident that we're passing. <laughs> you said, I have enough vicarious trauma. I'm not I looking have enough vicarious trauma. Yeah. I don't, I do not need to see anything on the side of the road that's yeah. going to stick in my head. Yeah, no, that seems fair. Yeah. So here's my last one. Yeah. Um, and again, I always have to disclaim things because I recognize that there are people moving through the world with different abilities. So this is not for people who have, let's say, neurodiversity or difficulty with social skills. I'm talking about, about people who have reasonable social skills and are just fucking selfish. People who can't read the room. Like, I, I, I'm like, how, how do you not know that that's not an appropriate thing to say in this circumstance? How do you not know? How did you not notice? How, how are you, how did you walk into this room where everybody's somber and yell, anybody want Starbucks? Like, what the fuck is it? I work with therapists. Like, I feel like they should be pretty good at reading the room more, more often than not. Again, I recognize that there are things that might get in the way of people's ability to do this, but I'm talking about people who don't have those things. <laughs> yeah. Read the motherfucking room. Like, yeah. I, I don't understand. That yeah. bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> yes. There were, there were more cuss words in that particular sentence than, than the previous ones. So that should give you an indication. <laughs> but where on the list that, uh, where that, where on the list that is for me. Yeah, that's, I, I hear you. Yeah, there are so many things about human behavior that are just so hard to, to stand and uh, cope with. I just would love if we could all just tone it down a bit. Just, it, it, we don't have to be that much. Just be like us. A little bit less, just a little less. Except for, except for when we talk on the phone in public places. And except for when we walk around people's houses and on their bath mats with shoes on, yeah. 
Yeah, walking on other people's bathroom floors barefoot. I don't know that I'm ever going to. All they have to do is kick my mat out of the way. How about that? Fair. Move my mat out of the way. And assuming then that out. everything under your mat is really clean. Whatever. It won't be my bath mat with the bacteria that you're assuming. Or, or the other thing you could do is you could like hang, like in a hotel, how they hang the bath mat over the side of the tub. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's your clean bath mat for you to step on. And then mm-hmm. everybody else can step on something different. Yes, that is absolutely true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a thought. Yeah, I'll continue to ponder these things. And I'll probably just have, you know, yeah, probably, yeah, I'll probably just continue to have these uh, thoughts and ideas. You in have no meltdowns about it. Yeah, <laughs> silently, usually, usually just silently fuming, bubbling up, working myself into a lather. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was good. I quite enjoyed yeah. this conversation, friend. For sure. What I want to hear from our, I don't know what I need to leave folks with because I think I've dumped all of my oh, noises yeah. on you for the week. But what I want to hear from you guys is which one of our pet peeves do you disagree with? Yes. Um, so come fight me. <laughs> um, and what didn't we say that you know has got to be on the list and we just missed it? Yeah, exactly. What did we miss? What did we miss? Yeah, I, I think I've uh, I've shared plenty of, um, you know, food for fodder, and I'm sure people have lots of things to say in, in support of or against. I'm sorry, what? Did you just say food for fodder? Or Yeah, I, I, yeah, I came out and I was like, I don't think that's right. I think I maybe mixed two together. That is, fodder. yeah, fodder like. for, I want to say it's food for thought or fodder for thought. Is it fodder for thought? I'm pretty sure it's not food for fodder. <laughs> I'm going to Google it. It won't be in time for this episode, but yeah. Yeah. But see, this is the thing when you say it wrong and somebody confronts you about it, it's like, don't argue them down. Just be like, yeah, that might not have been right. You know, like you don't have to go to your grave with that. Just like, no, I need to Google this before we, what's the, how do you use fodder? What does fodder mean? Someone or something that people talk about or write about. What is what is the idiom for food for thought? Something that should be thought about or considered carefully. No, what's the fodder one? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it's not food for fodder. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just what came uh, fodder for a particular purpose is the way that you use it or whatever. Uh, I don't know. How do you use fodder in a sentence? good fodder for gossip okay maybe that's what it is so fodder for something else so fodder for thought I didn't have to say food so fodder for thought fodder for gossip fodder for laughter fodder for their annoyance with me how about that that's fair yeah (laughs) yeah but you know what this kind of speaks to yours of like if you know what they were trying to say you probably didn't have to correct them though but I would have not been authentic in our relationship or in this conversation when we just talked about people fucking up words if right. i did not there are point out that food i didn't know what we're gonna be friends <laughs> how do we feel about this all right yeah well it has been another wonderful afternoon with you friend thank you so much for taking the time everybody thank you for coming and listening and joining us please talk at us email us at betterthanjournaling at gmail, leave us comments, like, subscribe, and share, please. And we'll see you the next time. See you next time, friend. All right, friend, take care. Hey, friends. Now you know that was better than journaling. If you liked us, give us a five-star review. 
and share it with the rest of your friends.